This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, guys. DGS 404. Happy Wednesday to you. Time to talk to our buddy Chris Cuomo. 7 p.m. tonight, News Nation. Chris, great to talk to you, my friend. I turn the engine, but the engine doesn't turn. I love that song. Love that song. Um, How you doing, guys? Doing good. Doing good. I'm kind of sad that you're not calling from uh, one of your kids' sporting events. That was a lot of fun last week. <laughs> oh, i got to tell you, this is really a new low. Um, but, you know, she's enjoying herself. I guess that's what it's all about. Let me get... Uh, I just got back, Go just got back from East Palestine, you know, uh, and... That is one grateful community just to get an attention. You know, people keep asking me why it's getting more attention. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I thought about it all day today. It's really just a combination effect. Nobody died. The media keys off mortality when it comes to covering disasters. Yeah. Um, now, what may happen down the road, we don't know, but that's not the metric for media coverage. And then it was, I guess you could argue, weaponized by the right, which put the, the left on the defensive, and it's not a blue place, obviously. And that was enough to allow the Democratic administration and other people on the left to justify saying this is a ruse. And it's just not true. Yeah. And to the extent that it's being weaponized, that's part of the problem. But there are real issues on the ground there. Well, you know, I'm sure you've noticed that with mass shootings, uh, it really doesn't get covered anymore unless there are a big number of fatalities or it's children or it's at a place that's very interesting. But if uh, two or three people are shot in a store, it gets barely any coverage. It's, It's amazing. Yeah, I remember I went to like, I don't know, almost all of the first in like the first two dozen uh, school shootings, mass shootings that we had when I was still back, I guess, ABC into GM, uh, into, into CNN in my career. And it's changed. Why? Compassion fatigue. And again, it's been weaponized. And that starts to turn off people's interest. Like tonight, I'm looking at two crimes that I see as a sign of the times. I mean, Trump is speaking to the UAW, and I'm going to break down for people what he did and didn't do mm-hmm. for labor, and they make whatever judgments they want. But the sign of the times pieces are this woman in Baltimore, the CEO, kind of like a bright light in our society, 26, murdered by a guy who should have never been free. And the two kids who hit multiple bikers, joyriding, joking about it on social media, and then killed a the guy mm-hmm. who was a bright light in our community. Mm-hmm. And we have to start asking, why? They're not insane. Yeah. 
what are we about as a function of what we allow. And I think it's going to get kind of heated tonight, but it's a conversation we're going to have. Uh, Chris, do you think that this latest finding by the judge, the summary judgment in the fraud case against Donald Trump, will this hit him harder than even the indictments, which he's probably going to beat some way or end up being elected and pardoning himself, but this will hit his pocketbook? Do you think this hits his ego harder than the other ones do? No way. No. No way. Because you got to remember, as long as the people who believe in what he represents see him as being punished by what they dislike more, he can't, he, he can't suffer from it. And as long as they see it as the system, they're angrier at the system than they will be about anything that's true about Trump. And this was a civil case. They'll say there was nobody who was hurt. He paid back the loans. And this is just something they're doing to target him. And people do it in commercial real estate all the time. But the bigger concern to me is that you have to see not his actions and how they're being adjudicated, but how people are projecting their grievance onto the entities that are doing the prosecuting. That's the issue. That's what has to be addressed. What level of interest, if any, do you have in the second uh, Republican debate tonight? Uh, Limited. Mm -hmm. We're going to take Trump's speech uh, because, I mean— I don't know if you look at the recent polls. I mean, they're just snapshots, but yeah. the field is just getting crushed. I mean, I get what Christie is trying to do, Governor Christie, but I don't know how you get the most rabid and angry voters to resonate with any kind of message about Trump being bad in that party. Ramaswamy took a dive. DeSantis is dead man walking. I mean, all the energy is around Trump. And you can think about what you want. So I think it's a better use of my audience's time to hear what his spin is and then to compare it to what Biden's administration is doing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it is uh, the level it should be, but I am at least happy that the Democrats are calling out their own with uh, Senator Menendez, which the GOP seems to never do. So I at least appreciate some of them saying, hey, this looks pretty bad. We think you should resign. Well, it's really important that they do this, okay? And I do think they were slow, by the way. And there was some shame campaign going on. Certainly, I was part of that. Um, Their argument is, and, you know, here's a line I'm working on for tonight. Don't worry about Biden's age so much, okay? It is what it is. Uh, Reagan was in decline in his second term. Everybody celebrated him for bravery and carrying on. Uh, Now, it's just being looked at through a different lens. His age isn't the issue. It's how the message of the party is aging. It doesn't matter who your messenger is. If the message isn't sticky with the public and their message that they're suggesting is we're not going to do a battle to the bottom. We can be better than the Republicans are offering you in terms of tone and take and tactic. Then you have to be that. That's much harder to do than just being in a battle of attrition. So they have to do it. And Menendez is clearly that and any kind of talk of well we have to let it play out oh please you put an r after his name nothing has to play gone from the be gone nanosecond you hear about the allegation i don't see as much hear as much feel as much drama around this looming shutdown as before uh do you think the people are just we're just jaded and beaten up and like okay fine just whatever you're gonna do just do it Compassion fatigue. 
Yeah. And uh, the hope is that uh, they get it. Uh, it's got to be covered the right way. I'm not going to jump on it too much until it really does seem like it's going to happen. Look, what Gates and these guys are asking for, I can't believe I just said his name. I can't believe he survived how they were coming after him. Uh, yeah. It's a really interesting difference between the two parties. But these single-item bills, I have no problem with that. But you can't get it done in time to make anyone suffer except the people you say you're trying to help. So he says, well, this is the only time we have leverage. Well, that's on him. But you shouldn't make other people suffer. And the fact that Congress gets paid during a shutdown yeah. is appalling. Yeah. So I get why people aren't as into it. I mean, we're like battered, you know, we're like battered spouses. Yeah. You know, it's like, what else are you going to hit us with? Right. Uh Final topic here. I'm going to play just a little bit of sound for you. The the looting in Philadelphia. Uh, this w- has gone viral. This is one woman live streaming it. Go ahead, Rach. So she's there yelling, everybody must eat, to so the justification of the looting. Earlier in the show, we had a really interesting spirited debate with a lot of callers. And one gentleman called and said, look, you may not have lived this lifestyle, but I have lived this lifestyle. And I, under- I don't condone it, but I understand the logic in that <clears throat> the rich billionaires never seem to get called on anything. Uh, they commit crimes. Congress people commit crimes. No one, uh, everyone turns a blind eye. So the, the people who are looting are looking at that and saying, hey, screw this, I'm going to get mine. React to that and just the overall what happened in Philadelphia, please. Look, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's, there's no good spin on it. Uh, you know, you can rationalize it any way you want. You're still becoming what you say you oppose, which is injustice. But desperate people do desperate things. And throughout history, You've had the hungry storm the castle. Uh, that is, you know, this is not unusual. So the question is, what do you do about it? What we do is ascribe as much blame as possible because we're stuck in this binary battle to the bottom. And I'm not just saying that because it's alliter- alliterative. It's because it's obvious. Uh, and you know how I feel about it. Yeah. This is all the spawn of a two-party system. And it just creates division naturally. But, look, you know, people sometimes, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but people sometimes accuse me of having said that protests aren't supposed to be peaceful. It's completely taken me out of context to weaponize my words, which plays into a larger argument about everything being about division. What I said was people are going to be angry. They're going to say angry things. They're going to piss you off. They're going to upset you. It's not supposed to be peaceful in terms of the language. But as soon as you touch personal property, you're now what you say you oppose, which is injustice. You're now a criminal. And at the end of the day, these people are criminals for doing what they did. These are crimes. And I'm not judging their lives. I'm judging their actions. And we have to be able to do better than this. Do I blame them for what they did? Yeah, I do. Uh, why? Because we have laws, and you obviously violated it, and it wasn't an emergency situation. And the counter is, yes, it is. Okay, then let's have that conversation about what you do. But the idea that the rich get away with everything, I mean, this is part of the weaponization of what's going on also. I was raised by a man 
who was pathologically anti-wealth and anti-elitist. The only way you could make sure that Mario Cuomo would not show up to whatever event you wanted was to offer money. Hmm. Um, so I get it. But, it, you know, the American dream is tied very closely to wealth and means and having the ability to live the life that you want to live. So the idea that being rich means you're bad, uh, it also doesn't work on me. And again, it's these binary propositions. But, you know, I'm talking about the looting tonight as a bundle of the sign of the times. Um, what are we going to do about these things? And again, Biden's age isn't really the issue. It's the age of the message. And I'll tell you how I know this. Regis Philbin, may rest in peace. When they said he was the host, if he wants to be a millionaire, everybody was like, really? That tired old guy from the morning, they couldn't get, and he killed it. Why? Because people loved the show, and he had the enthusiasm for it, and he wound up being on five nights a week. Age is not the ultimate determiner. It's what are you doing with that age and stage? And that's the problem for the Democrats. It's not simply Biden's age. They could have Gavin Newsom or Andrew Cuomo or any guy, any vessel, any man, any woman you want. If the message is tired, it doesn't matter who the messenger is. All right, buddy. Have a great show tonight, and we will talk to you next week. We appreciate it, as always. I appreciate the food for thought that you give me. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you for letting me be part of it. All right, buddy. See you, Chris. 423 DGS. Happy Wednesday to you. So, Wheels, what's the thing about the Ohio high school football team? Oh, man. Did you guys So I haven't seen it. So a high school coach just resigned, and he would have been fired if he didn't resign because during a game, uh, I guess it was this past weekend or maybe late last week, his players, you know, you're calling out plays, and they use different codes to audible plays. They were using the term Nazi as a play call. The school they were playing against was in a city that's 90% Jewish. Oh, come on. And they were like at the line of scrimmage, you know, shouting out Nazi, Nazi, not like, how, how, how do those kids think it's okay? I mean, you're a high school person. You know, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're a parent at that school, how can you accept your kids doing that? It's not all on the coach. I mean, sure. It's on the coach. He's got to know he's got to stop. And if it was his idea, he's got to go. And clearly he's gone. But now what? So the coach is gone. It doesn't ex- That doesn't change the fact that players are on the field doing this very same thing. Is there punishment for them? And like, how can we be in a place now where anyone would be like, yep, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Nobody will ever find out about it. I'm, I'm super confused. Is it like... Obviously, there's no way that it's okay. Was it a stupid mistake where they were using poor judgment to use this play calling name, and it was a it would just happen to be an unfortunate coincidence? There's no way they, they didn't know because they're like they're neighbors, like the cities are neighbors. Okay. okay, you know, I'm sure the schools are somewhat rivals, which might yeah. lead into the stupidity of it all. Yeah, okay, but like, there's no there. Who cares who you're playing? If you're playing the Aryan High School from some school, that's not something you should use. Yeah, it's like, inappropriate. I don't I don't get where and then there's another story I just saw this I didn't have it on there but another football story there was like a a 8th grade football game big brawl involved and the coach of one team punched out a player on the other team knocked him out with a punch to the face. And he's been arrested and all that but he's out on bond like I don't I just don't understand how these things escalate. 
to this point. I see youth sports all the time, and I see stupid behavior. I've never seen anything as far as either of those things. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of games. If I count up the last 10, 11, 12 years, it's got to be 600 games that I've been a part of directly, not counting the ones I've observed, and never seen anything like it. But clearly, they happen all the time. In your estimation, has it gotten increasingly worse with parents and sportsmanship and the whole bit? I I don't I don't I don't know that it's necessarily dramatically worse, but I think the bottom of the barrel is worst. Yeah. Like the worst is worse. Yeah. I think the normal is still kind of the normal. And I think you know, there are people that like to bark too much at umpires or they like to, you know, get too involved in the outcome, even though they're not players, they're just parents. But I I think that the worst has gotten worse. I don't know that your typical date like you said, I mean, I've been I, I I have coached 600-something games in this time, and I've probably seen another 600 just being around the ballpark, and I've never seen anything remotely like any of these things. But obviously, they're happening. You had a story about uh, Nepo babies in broadcasting, <laughs> which, first of all, congratulations to uh, to Matt Pauly. Yeah, how great was that? Oh, he was yeah. good, man. Yeah, I got to fill in for Ricky Horton. Yeah, he did a great job last night. Rick's sick. Uh, and Claves is uh, out for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. um, and you got to have somebody up there as quick as possible. And Matt knows Milwaukee. I mean, yeah. he was up in Milwaukee before he came back here. It was so, really cool. Yeah, that was a really awesome situation for him. No, this week, you know. So, you, do you know that you watch football enough to know Ian Eagle? No, Ian Eagle's a broadcaster. He's probably close to my age ish. He's around fifty. He's really good. Well, his son is pretty much just out of college. Uh, his name is Noah Eagle, and he's already the play-by-play guy on TV on NBC for Notre Dame. And he's really good, by the way. Like, he's really good. He's legitimate. But there are a lot of people that bring up the, well, if your dad wasn't Ian Eagle, you'd never. And I was, I thought it was interesting that Ian Eagle was being interviewed. And he said, look, that's a fair question. It's a fair question to ask about how my kid got a job that quickly. Yeah. He said, and it's going to be up to him, essentially, to prove it, to mm-hmm. keep doing it. And a lot of people said that stuff about Joe Buck. But Joe's really good. Yeah. Right. I mean, so mm-hmm. while those things do exist, it is a business where if you're not good, people figure that out really fast. Yeah. 439 DGS. Later on, you can hear uh, our pal Matt Pauly do the, uh, I guess I have to play by play the color, mm-hmm. like what Ricky Horton does. Ricky is down to the flu. And since Matt was from Milwaukee and has done lots of play by play, they called him and said, hey, get your butt up here. That had to be so exciting for Matt. Oh, yeah. I'm really happy for him. Yeah. He sounded good, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think he'd sound stupid or anything. <laughs> I mean, this is what he's done, but uh, still really, really cool. Just, I just feel like he's part of our team family. So it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some audio? Yeah. So I grabbed some kind of fun, kind of sad audio today. This is a man on the street type situation, and they went up to dad's asking what these dads knew about their kids. And the results are disappointing, to say the least. Yeah. What is your son's birthday? No, that's a good oh. one. That's a really good one, because I don't know. You really don't know his no, birthday? No, I don't know his birthday. Do you consider you guys pretty close? Yeah. What is your daughter's favorite subject in school? Social study. Is that true? No. What grade is your daughter going into? Ninth grade. What's the name of your daughter's school? Um, Ash Creek Elementary School? No. River Creek? No. Something Creek? No. What color are your daughter's eyes? Brown. All right, let's look. That is incorrect. They're blue. 
that. I have a brown-eyed daughter, though. I got a brown-eyed oh daughter, though. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's, like, kind of funny, but also a giant bummer that these guys don't know anything about their kids. <sighs> I, I really thought the little girl was cute. I kept going, no, <laughs> no, no. Poor Man, thing. That, I, I, that, I don't find that funny at all. Mm. And I'm sure they, you know... Most dads hopefully got it right, but that's not interesting to play, but still. I feel bad for the dad that got thrown in who didn't know his daughter's favorite subject. That one's hard. Yeah. That's reasonable. You might not know your kid's favorite subject because it doesn't ultimately matter. Don't compare that to knowing their birthday and the or school. Or what color their eyes are. Yeah, yeah. And, or the school they go to. Like Jeez. these are, Those are pretty important. They go on to ask, like, what's your your daughter's teacher's name? And they're like, Mrs. Moore. And she goes, that was my elementary school teacher, Dad. Come on. <laughs> I think I would do pretty good at that one. Like, I, I think a, you would, too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that. I, well, I, I do know, like, Phoebe's favorite subject is psychology and her least favorite is social studies and history. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. She's such a apple didn't fall far from the tree. I remember one time her doing her homework and she was struggling. She's like, I just don't want any more information in my brain. <laughs> Fair enough. And she made a good point. She's like, look, if there's something about history I need to know, I can Google it and I can instantly know what it is, which is not the point of it. We should all learn mm-hmm. history. We should know it already. But I didn't have that kind of built-in excuse when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's it's not a terrible argument. No. Uh, Michelle Obama just did a uh, speech about diversity and inclusivity. Do you want to take a guess what she got paid? Mm, oh. $3 million. Ooh. I'm going to so say. why do you do that to I me? Knew, I knew she was going to do that. <laughs> I, She's I, terrible. I'm just taking a wild guess. I think the Obamas get somewhere in the area of like a hundred grand. She got seven hundred and forty-one thousand dollars, which wow. would have been impressive if Rachel hadn't said three million dollars. <laughs> I'm going to say one billion. Dave. I think the first time I asked a, a Rachel, cool Bill, how much she thought I could bench press, which is always my first question to a girl, <laughs> and she said ah five six hundred pounds. I'm just like, damn it! Is this the way it's going to be? <laughs> one ton, Dave. And, and two thousand pounds. And here we are, and she's still doing it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 